Hey, Julia, just to let you know before we get started, I have a Google Assistant, so if we ever need anything, you can just ask. You know, like, hey, Google, tell me a joke. Why can't you trust an atom? Because they make up literally everything. Wow. So, I'm uh, just to let you know what we have available if you need to. You don't have to just bust out your phone if you want, but you can bust out your what phone. What do you say? Hey, Google, how racist is America? Sorry, I don't have any information about that. I didn't think you would. <laughs> Sorry, I'm part of the political elite. Sorry, I'm part of... I'm part... Of, they tell me what to say. I have sponsors to upheld. <laughs> yeah, they probably do. Also, the news is a lie. Of course. Because Fox News says one thing. <laughs> CNN says another. The Onion is not even real news. <laughs> Just so everybody it's knows. It's becoming the realest news, though. And Lori Lightfoot's a fucking moron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, her name's Lifefoot. It sounds like she's an anime character. Well, she is a fag. And really? I can say that because oh. I am one too. Okay, yeah, you taking it back. I'm taking the word back. <laughs> I say dyke all the time. I don't know what the problem is. I say it when I'm on the construction site. Like, hand me those dykes. I don't find it offensive. I also don't find it offensive when Eminem raps and says, you know, my faggot father, da-da-da. I was a baby, maybe I was just a couple of months. My faggot father must have had his panties up in a bunch. Is he split? I wonder if he even kissed me goodbye. No, I don't. Second thought, I just fucking wished he would die. He's using faggot not in a derogatory way towards LGBTQ community. He's right. saying faggot as in this fucker. That's right. what he's saying. So when we, when we, you know, examine, you know, people's words or behavior, we have to make sure we're doing it in the context to which, you know, he right. didn't go around. And in fact, he apologized right. to the LGBTQ community, which I didn't even think he had to do as a gay woman. What are you apologizing for? You were singing about your dad who was to him in his mind was a quote faggot. Now to him, quote faggot meant fucker. Right. He just didn't say it. I'm sure faggot also rhymed a lot my easier. My father must have had his panties up in a bunch. What's he going to say? My fucking father. Like, yeah, it yeah. just went with his rhyme. And mm-hmm. I never once. My gender queer father. I mean, something right. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe his dad was gay. I don't give a fuck. The point is, is I love his music. Right. So, my non-judgmental homosexual father. It doesn't rhyme. It doesn't flow off the tongue. You can't be like, my LGBTQ father had his. Mm-mm. No, nope. maybe he was gay and left his mom. I don't yeah. know. The, he grew up, he had a hard life. And you know what? He was taken off the air many times uh, because, you know, people were like, it's your fault that kids are killing themselves. And he's like, no. Well, what if he just said my father, Jerry, you know, just call him by his name. Like my father, Jerry, must have had his panties. Probably because mm-hmm. he didn't want to deal with any legalities. Although now Eminem is like. I'll call you a lawyer, file you a lawsuit, I'll right. buy and call you. Like, he's got no fucks to give. Mm-hmm. Neither does Cardi B. I want their attitude. Oh, Somebody that's right. T- they're trying to cancel Cardi B. Why? Why are they trying to cancel anybody? Because they're jealous. Because she, she's got Louboutins. She ain't got to dance now. I make money move. That you know WAP video is pretty dope. I don't dance now. I make money move. If I see you, now, I don't speak. I, all, I used to rap. Mm-hmm. I'm from Chicago. <laughs> You have your um, own rhymes, your own beats? No, I don't. I just rap with the rappers. Oh, so you're a karaoke Every, okay, rapper. I, I take that back. Every once in a while, when I'm stoned, yeah. I will bust out into a rap. Your own beats. But only for like my best friends. And they'll be like, Julia. But I used to do it a lot because most of my friends, I love when people call me racist. Most of my friends in Chicago are, were, were black. Um, well, and Jewish. 
And not really that white. I mean, of course I had white friends, but we lived in the South Suburbs with a very large Jewish and black population. And, mm-hmm. you know, we can save it for the podcast. But um, Or we're recording. Oh, we are. <laughs> we're recording. Yeah. He tells me now after I, like, swore 20 times. No, we got to slowly, you know, this cold You have to open. ease it in. Yeah. You have to ease it in mm-hmm. like, the, like a, you know. Right. Like, you don't just cannonball into a jacuzzi right you step your your toes in you, right it's you like, know feel it out right so you, you know. ask the old ladies is this cool if i hang out here right. ladies right. and they go yeah it's fine right it's like mm-hmm. the K, it's like the ky jelly on the tip <laughs> just the tip just the tip mm-hmm. i don't like ky i don't think it lubricates enough you know when i used to <laughs> i only used it with men <laughs> it smells like chocolate um, frosting a lot it of felt times like too. burning Felt like burning. Didn't feel good. Felt like burning. Like, I'm sure if the friction gets, like, so high, it'll start lubricating, like, kind of like, you know, synthetic oil, like in a car. It was just burning. If we get the RPMs up that fast, then it might get to that level. Right, because it's warmer? Mm Mm-hmm. Right, so it'll start to actually melt. Yeah. But, like, it's just almost like you're using, like, a peanut butter substance to it. Ouch. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know what? The condoms were ouch, too. Yeah. I think I had an adverse reaction. <laughs> Have you ever used those Spermicide? female condoms? No. With a lady? No. Which shame on me. You know what? Most lesbians or like a dental dam. Don't we don't use protection, and that's terrible. It is. However, we are in the lowest bracket for transmitting STDs. That doesn't mean you can't get them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, herpes. There was a girl. There needs once. to be a campaign like you can get there herpes through scissoring. Yeah, well, th- scissoring doesn't. That's not a thing. It's not a thing? It's not a thing. That's a lesbian myth? It is totally... I don't know one lesbian who has scissored. I don't know what, what? blue... Blue is the warmest color. Those women were so what hot, is, but what in God's name are they what doing? What is pop culture and the mainstream media feeding us? Bullshit. That it doesn't... Wow. There's My mind is being blown right now. Good. Because I love blowing minds. It's right. not a thing. In fact, it's getting like deep-throated right now. It's not a thing. Yeah. I mean, for me, I don't know. I've never dated. I mean, I've dated women for over Ladies, a decade. lesbians out there, write in. Tell me if you've ever scissored, please. Or please, tell, tell me, you know, too. Slide I'd into... Like to <laughs> Julia's <laughs> queer, yeah. queer comedian. Mm-hmm. Slide in. Slide into those DMs. Tell me, hey, or tell her, yo, I want to scissor you, baby. And slide, say it that, just in. that way. Williams, a.k.a. Daryl Williams, a.k.a. Dumbass, a.k.a. Dude that's hanging out with a very, very angry lesbian. <laughs> she goes by the name of Julia Pels. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm definitely not, I'm sorry to disappoint an angry lesbian, actually. I thought you were going to wear that as like a badge of honor. No, I love men, which makes a lot of lesbians angry, but I'm not the I angry one. Not one of those... This you're the unique lesbian where you're you're not angry towards men. <laughs> you're angry towards other women. Um let's say frustrated. Okay. With, you know, 
always using our emotions. You're like an ally towards straight men. I like straight men. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of good friends that are straight men. I am I am an ally to straight men. I right. can, I'll say that. I'm okay with that. My brother is a straight man. My father, who I have a very good relationship, is a straight man. Let's We're, hope. We were very close. I mean, for your and, mom's sake. Well, they're they're not together anymore, so that's okay. But okay. it's not because he is a, is gay. Um, he and I were very close, and so I don't generally have any kind of natural fear towards straight men. Mm-hmm. They're usually my friends. Um, I don't get sexually harassed generally, for the most part. I'm looked right. at as kind of like one of the bros. We talk about boobs. It's more of a, a we're brothers. Yeah. I mean, I mean sometimes I'm the wanna... hot brother. Right. But, you know, it's fine. I'll be the hot brother. Right. I'm, I'm cool with that. I mean, you're hotter than my brother. I'm hotter than most mm-hmm. because it's a brother. That was not really a compliment <laughs> towards you, but more of a dig on my brother. Oh. Yeah. That wasn't nice. I mean, I take nice it back. Either. He's really attractive. Mm-hmm. He's cute. He looks a lot like Kurt Cobain. I feel um, bad for Kurt. I'm not gonna give you. Pre- my, bolt, I'm not gonna like, give you my headshot. choice words on the other one. You know how I feel about women. <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry, right. Not really. Right. Well, I do feel like Courtney had a big part in his demise. If we're going to talk about shitty women. I'd have to agree with you. Right. I'm I don't know if she pulled the trigger, sing. but. No, I don't know about that, but I don't think she had any hand in him getting healthy. I'll just leave it at that. No. I mean, I don't know her. I don't know him. I know that there were drugs involved. To what extent? I don't know. I wasn't in their home. Right. But I do think something was going on. Just kind of like I think something was going on with Whitney and Bobby. Well, I do feel like there is this like tortured soul with the artist, especially like a lot of comics probably feel the same way too, where it's like, you know, if I if I lose my edge, if I'm not angry, then I'll stop being funny. You know, if I yeah. like, you know, become successful, or I won't have anything to complain about. Right. You know? Right. I think... So maybe it's like with her too, it's like that same thing. You know, how are you going to write about like, you know, your tortured soul if you're not, not tortured? tortured? I don't know. Because you know why? Here, this is another psychological Julia perspective. Because I think both sides of the dialect can exist. There can be part of me that is super, you know, joyful. I'm not trying to sound dorky, but joyful and, and or fun or energetic. And there's part of me that is tortured. And that does hurt. And that right. is, I wouldn't use the word tortured. I think that's dramatic. But there's part of me that, that, that of course is sad or disappointed or hurt by humanity. Being alive is hard. Of course. So, like, you know, I don't think you have to pick one or the other. And I think a lot of people make the mistake of running around unmedicated. Not that I'm pushing drugs, but what I mean by that is, you know, it's hard for people to look inside themselves and say... You know, what's up with me? What's going on? There's a lot of people that project things when they don't do self-care, when they don't take care of their mental health or their emotional or psychological health. So then you've got a bunch of people running around with possible psychiatric disorders. So it's like we need to start taking care of ourselves, and then you can be an ally and save the world. But I right. think the first thing you, where you need to start is within yourself. Um, Jordan Peterson, he's a clinical psychologist. You know, people think that he's terrible. He's, I don't think he is. Yeah, there's people I definitely he's, not he's a, a fan of his. He's, that's fine. This is how I think reality lays itself out. I think we all know this. You're not driven by your past like clock. You're not deterministic. You are to some degree because you're limited. You're a limited creature. You've got rules that you run by and all of that. You know, you're not omniscient. But... You don't, you're not driven by the past. What you do instead is confront the potential of the future. That's what's in front of you. 
So it's a, it's a, it's a domain with multiple pathways, and that's what's always in front of you. You could go there, you could go there, you could go there. There's, there's an array of choices that confront you. you. You confront that as soon as you wake up and become conscious in the morning. And then there's all this potential that's there in front of you. And you use your ethical choice to determine which of those possibilities will become actual. And it's, it's through that mechanism that you participate in the creation of reality. And that's the making of you in the image of God. Because that's what God did at the beginning of time, according to our old stories. Right? Spoke and transformed potential into, into the being that was good. And that was dependent on using truthful speech. So that's what you do if you act properly. Is you confront potential and you translate it into reality. And it's your soul that does that. Not, I have people who aren't fans. I'm indifferent. He's, he's a clinical psychologist. He's, he's not a politician. So from, from his teachings, he just says, clean your own house. And to me, right. I interpret that as get your own self together and then you'll have more to give. And I, and I think that's a good message. Do I agree with everything the man says? No. Do I think there's certain nuggets you can take, take away from him? Yes. And I think he seems like a generally intelligent, well-organized well man. Again, it, just because I reference someone doesn't mean, you know, people always hang on right. things like, oh, you love, he said this about pronoun or whatever. And it's like, well, okay, yeah. He, he also said if someone says, this is these are my pronouns he said i will respect it and i will call them by that he just doesn't want the government's hands legally saying if you accidentally say she instead of they you're gonna get hit with a ticket i mean we as humans should want less government we shouldn't want so much government interference because the government's a nightmare right think about the government i'm as mad as hell and i'm not gonna take this anymore food stamps i've been there like i've been so poor in la that i've had to get food stamps you wait in line for hours they're not organized the return sheets like it's not helpful it's better to create more jobs for us like sure. when you keep people on unemployment they're not gonna want to work <laughs> so I guess we'll all just sit around in unemployment after Corona's. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. if we create jobs where people want to work or we make opportunities to create, right? We're supposed to be building something, not destroying things. Like, destruction is hate and creating is love. Yeah, but we've created a world where now it's scary to go to work. Well, not right. There, well, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I mean, it is scary for some people to go to work. I think... You know, there's some people on the subject who think I completely believe in this. I think there's other people on the subject who are like, I don't. I think I lay somewhere, you know, floating in the middle saying, um, you know, I absolutely think you should be safe and wear your mask or get tested or whatever. Um, but, you know, th wearing my mask in my car. Right. Like wearing a mask on a hike by myself. That's too much for me. And, it's, you know, some people might say, well, that's terrible. Well, as long as I stay six feet away, you know, it's not terrible. I can't. I think it's all about, like, perception. I think most of it is, is, like, obviously if I was on the news talking to, like, you know, some newscaster going, like, should we wear a mask? I'd be like, well, of course we should. Because right. I don't want to be the one guy on the news going, like, fuck you and your masks. Right, right, right. Because I so obviously... But then you cut to that same person that's like, I'm totally for the mess. Then you see them in the store and they're wearing it without the nose covered. They're wearing it around their chin. So it's like when they're off camera, it's like then you really see what they really feel. 
So it's like in public, in if I'm going to be accused by the like right. public at large or right. the social media, yeah. I'm going to be on the side of what public opinion is all about. Right. But then I'm going to actually genuinely live my own life. It's like religion. It's like, of course, I'm going to say I love and I like believe in God. But like within my own home, I'm still cursing his name. I'm totally cheating on my wife still. You know, I'm still doing all these other things. So it's like, yeah, you say that. Well, let's really see what your actual intentions are. Because nobody wants to be considered a hate monger or a bad person or you're part of the problem. Nobody wants to be on that side. Everybody wants to be like, no, I'm the... I'm, part of the problem. Right. So stand-up comedy, what made you get into that? Why did you want to start doing that? Because you had all these well, thoughts came... and ideas? No. <laughs> I always had thoughts. I, I had always... no thoughts. I just wanted to go on stage, which is a lot of no, people first no, starting. No, you're going to be probably surprised. Okay. Mind, mind blown, mind blown. No. Uh, it was it was a combination of things. I was doing film auditions. And here's the thing. I, again, came from Chicago, so I have a musical theater background. So you were born in Chicago. Born and raised and in the suburbs. and And there was a lot of, you know, a lot of theater. Theater. That's that's what Chicago is. It's the theater. It's I hear a little bit of the accent. Da bears. Da bears. I try to neutralize it, but it come, yeah. it does come out a little bit. It's not as thick as like da bears or yeah, whatever. Yeah, it can it can get there though. If I if I hang out with my Chicago friends or talk to them on the sure, phone, sure, usually it can get pretty. And I'm like, oh, they can tell. Is it that bad? Mm-hmm. Um. So you're raised in Chicago. I was raised in Chicago, so it was theater. So when I got to L.A., I was kind of like a fish out of water. I was like... And when did you move to L.A.? Well, I moved to Seattle first in 2000 and something, and I left in 2013. I moved here in 2013, and for like a year, I just kind of recovered. I did a few auditions. I didn't have an agent. I was like a fish out of water. Like... To me, the acting what kind of scene auditions were you doing? Is very well. I would go to that Cats or C A Z Z T. You know, it was just like an independent film casting, and I would go out for really depressing roles, so just like women who were crying or dying or being, you know, hurt in some way. And mm-hmm. so then I was getting depressed because <laughs> you moved to LA, you don't have a community of friends. You know, I had a few college friends down here, but I went, didn't want to bother them the first month I was here. And I just remember the first summer being really hard for me. Just, like, I was so depressed. I think it was between the breakup and it's very, like, concrete jungle, you know? Sure. I think that's why, well, I'm not going to say where I live on the air because stalkers somewhere are in LA. weirders. Yeah, <laughs> but I live somewhere a little quieter that's not, like, I could never live in Hollywood. I could never live, even, like, Echo Park's become too loud for me. Sure. It's just too much. I don't want to live in Silver Lake. I don't, it's too much. So... I think well, it anywhere in the city is getting a little too loud. I think if I stay where I am, it's pretty chill. So what are the moves then? So what are the go-tos for, for most lesbians then? You know, I think... Just making out and then moving in together? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly? Uh-huh. And then getting married after only knowing each other for like a year. Yeah. And then, you know, then one of them's pregnant the year after. How's and then that happen? Like eight, it's not happening. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> we haven't even had our, our uh, wedding because of COVID. Right. 
you know, so, well, so I, you're who knows currently if with someone. Yes, I'm engaged, as you can see from the rock on my hand. Oh, I did notice that. Yes. Wow. Coming to Fox this fall, the unmarried guy. Find out what happens when an unmarried guy tries to become a married guy. I can't believe I'm going from unmarried to married. What did I get myself into? The Unmarried Guy, coming this fall to Fox. Or just have your mom tell you all about it next time you go home to do your laundry. Yes, it's it's what I wanted. <laughs> so she won. <laughs> I said, put a ring on it if you want me to move into this very large, very beautiful townhome in Glendale. And But, you know, it, you put the ring on it. So and she, put the right ring on it. Is that a lesbian thing, too? Like, who has to buy the ring? Both people? Yeah. Usually there's two, two engagement rings. It's annoying. Yeah. With a gay couple like men, is there no engagement rings? I don't know. I'm not a gay man, but that's a good question. They might. I don't think there are. I just think they do wedding bands from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Maybe cock rings. Maybe. That's, yeah. You know, maybe that's the engagement. Put a <laughs> cock ring and then... And then mm-hmm. we do the ceremony. Exactly. Hot stuff coming through. There was one girl that I dated. We were engaged and she lived in Seattle. Ironically, now she's a therapist. Yeah. Another one trying to defame me. Um, but she has severe um, borderline personality disorder. Whoa. And she was also bulimic, which I have all the so empa- all the Sometimes she's a for. therapist. Other times she's Who a psycho knows? person. Right. And... Um, you know, she wrote a bunch of defamation <laughs> about me because she could, you know. Does she, like, see herself? Probably. <laughs> she gives I mean, herself yeah. therapy? Well, well, I mean, in 2013, she was still very bulimic and very borderline. So I'm not sure how she catapulted from that into 2017. Right. Just four years later, totally healthy, opening her own practice, bragging about her new wife and children, who, God bless them, I hope they don't end up dead because that woman was insane. But my point of the story was, was not to totally rip her, although she deserves it. Um, but was, we got engaged in a very bizarre way. I had only known her for like five or six months and we just bought each other a stack of rings and just were like, should we get married? A stack? Yeah, a stack just like of silver bands. Just one for every finger or? No, just like us. We stacked like four just bands. Do you know what I mean? It was never like a proper engagement, like the rock on my finger. It was like Mm. Just like a bunch of silver bands. That was our hideous engagement rings. And then we were together for a year. And then the morning of my move to Los Angeles, her personality split. Whoa. And she locked herself. I laughed because her behavior is that, you know, I don't know how much you know about borderline, but I almost became a criminal psychologist. So I love when people try to get away with with shit and think I'm not going to notice. She locked herself in the bedroom and was like, I can't, like, I'm not, like, she threw, like, a child tantrum, as borderlines do. Somebody described it, oh, my sister described it once as, uh, it's like you're watching yourself in a movie, and you can't control yourself, and you're just like, what are you doing? And, you know, And I'm like, whoa, I pay, like, $50 to get that way with, like, drugs. Right. Well, and here's the thing. I don't want this to sound like I don't have empathy for borderline individuals, Mm -hmm. because I absolutely do. I... A lot, there's some people in my family that I know who have borderline personality. Sure. However, if it goes untreated... Your neighbor might have it, guys. Well, it's like one in every seven person right. does. And it's here's the thing. it's There's no real medication to, you know, cure. It's not like a mood disorder. It's, 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 it's the reason it's called a personality disorder is because it's literally their personality. But there are different therapies like dialectical behavioral therapy that Marsha Linehan in Seattle created right. specifically for borderline. So there's hope. But well, many choose 
not to get help or fight with their therapists. I feel like I change my personality pretty much everywhere I go. Um, you know, when I'm a comic, it's one personality. When I'm with my mom, it's another personality. <laughs> you know, I'm never the same person. Well, that makes I mean, sense. there's different versions of me. But that's but that is uh, from a psychological um, perspective. And if you were being evaluated by an actual psychologist, which I'm not, and I'm not going to pretend to be, but if you were, they would say that's completely normal because right. we have to wear different masks. And what I mean by that is you don't, it's not that you are, inauthentic it's when you're at school you don't act how you would act at home chilling with your friends that's completely normal but when you what if you could but right right (laughs) but if your behavior is this way in public and this way and right now if you can explain to the audience what i'm doing but if Mm -hmm. it's like she's doing a jerk off motion Their ears, sorry. She's doing some weird motion with her tongue. In here. (laughs) So if it's here, you know, if this is who they are at Mm. home and this is who they are in private, like the psychologists basically say the further apart from who you are at home, like Bundy, for example, right, to who you are on the outside, then you have a psychological, serious psycho. That's where sociopaths and psychopaths start to come in because they in the, the lack of empathy killing animals i mean we don't right. have to completely do you feel like you have a sixth sense like you can tell like what people are like when you first meet them like oh this person's not really that way or he's a psycho or he's i, I don't know i can't put my finger on it but um something's off about him or her Unfo- yeah let's change let's let's start by saying it could be any pronoun that um somebody could have a problem with because you know uh right a, but a, you just have a gut feeling right off the I'm bat i'm gonna tell you actually since i was very very young i have had an extremely good what people like to call sixth sense mm-hmm. i see dead people it's challenging because Does i that can mean you knew bruce willis was dead the whole time the whole time you you had a, a sixth time. sense about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I knew he was a ghost. Um, <laughs> but what it is basically is I can walk into a room yeah. without even talking to someone mm-hmm. and I can feel their energy. Right. And some people are like, Julia, that's crap. And I'm like, really? Because right. last time I, I mean, every you see time. You auras? You see in I colors? Don't see col- no, I don't see color. I, I don't, um, like, I can't say, like, you're going to be in an accident. Right. Like, oh, you're going to be, people are like, oh, do you have premonitions? And it's like, no. There's no premonitions. There's no dreams. There's no, you're going right. to get married next there's month. There's no final destination. No, it's basically <laughs> like more I can feel people. There's no dead zone. So like right now, I'm like, this guy is not going to hurt me. You know, like I can tell that immediately. Or this guy right. is not. Um, oh, you're talking about me. I'm talking about you. Um, no, I was talking about the hand sanitizer. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, this guy's not going to hurt me or. Yes, I do. And and when well, people say, if, if you have a good sixth sense, Julia, how did you end up in so many terrible relationships? And right. the answer to that is when you are an empath, you oftentimes attract people with personality disorders because they see all the things you have. And right. they're very manipulative. They're very charming. Ted Bundy at his murder trials had millions of women, right. you know, sitting there wanting him, saying, I'm afraid of him, but I want to have sex with him. Mm-hmm. So these people are very, and, and most of the time, they're very attractive for right. whatever reason, they're, when they're young and they're charming. And so I have a huge heart and think everyone, I did. That was, that, that Julia, I think is, is gone now. But Well, don't women also, some, some women like unavailable men. You know, I women, think so. I think especially when they're in prison, you know, they they're right. just focusing on them. They're writing them letters. You know, they're not really doing anything else except hanging out with them 
online or corresponding with them. Maybe they're corresponding with other women too. But even then, it's not Possibly. like they're like fucking other women. I don't know. I don't know what weekend furloughs are like for like serial killers. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, most of them are just getting the death penalty, right? If they're still alive when they get caught. I, I think. I don't know where the death penalty, if it still exists in all the states. I don't right. know, actually. I would have right. to do the, re- we'd have to call in Google. and. Hey, ask- Google, how many states have the death penalty? Here's what I understood from the website pewresearch.org. The death penalty is legal in 30 states and illegal in 21 states in D.C. Do you want a little more context? No, we're good. So okay. two-thirds, or yeah, 60% of the uh, country is a... Uh, for killing people who've who've done crimes, obviously they're not just like rounding up people and killing them. I mean, I mean just how do yet. you feel about the death penalty? Am I allowed to ask you questions? <laughs> sure, I'm kind of for it, especially in certain cases. Um, obviously, yeah, uh, a Timothy v- McVeigh. Of- Timothy McVeigh, the Oklahoma City bomber, was sentenced to death for setting off an explosion which killed 168 people and injured more than 600 others at the Murrah Federal Building. It was, up until then, the worst act of domestic terrorism in American history. What's the point of the death penalty versus life in prison? Like, what, is it to right. create space? Like, that's my question. Is it to create more space for more well, inmates? Well, I, I, guess, I guess there's an idea of costs. Sure, it's a lot cheaper to kill somebody than to keep them alive for 30 years plus, or however long they're going to live. That's debatable. I mean, I, I'm not really for-profit prisons. Sure. Uh, I don't know if uh, serial killers fall under that category. I'm just wondering what, um, what they think, the di- or do they think this person killed so they bo- they deserve to be killed? Right. You know? Yeah. I have to eye say, for an eye type of shit. Eye for an eye. See, I have to say, I'm, I think at this point in my life, on the other side, which like dead man walking. Right. I mean, I do like the idea of also um, a lot of times we don't know who we're uh, charging. There's a lot of wrongful uh, accusations going on and we're killing people that didn't actually commit that crime, which is kind of on our bad. Well, also, can I ask what happened to faith and redemption? Right. Forgiveness and rehabilitation. Who hasn't made a mistake in their life that... Yeah, right. Nobody. You know, it amazes me, the culture sometimes... That is willing to it's crazy how, like, criticize and mock and degrade and dehumanize us right. or other people right? because of the fact that they don't like us. And in quotes, like us. Mm. You don't have to like me. But that doesn't mean you get to tell lies or smear me. You can right. if, that, if that makes you feel better about yourself. But I will tell you right now. There have been many people wrongfully accused of things, and there have been people who have had injunctions slapped on them, myself included, that um, were literally found to be illegal. And without getting too much into it, you can Google it and look it up online. Eugene Volk, one of the most prestigious law professors in the country, wrote up my story because Mm. of what happened. Um, My abusive ex will tell you a completely different story, but the news will – you'll – it shows for itself. So anyone who actually actually wants to do the research will show. So we went into appeal and we won. I don't know how much you know about courts, but you can't just hire a fancy lawyer and get off, which is the tale my what? abusive ex likes to spin. Can't just get Matlock? Right? You can't just pay somebody and get you off? What? So it wasn't a crime. It now, was, I don't it know was, what all you city slickers are saying a, here, but I right, think I've right. gotten a lot of people <laughs> off in my day. Oh, that's too good. I can't do it. I'll say, I'll say, listen here. Objection, Your Honor. 
How long were you you knowing in the parked car? Well, from the bottom of the third till the end of the game. Six innings? You're kidding. Mr. Madlock. Why didn't you say anything about this before? I was worried about Patty's reputation. Oh, come on. Mr. Madlock. Oh, Your Honor, come on. Mr. Madlock. Oh, Your Honor. I love it. I love it. It was like when Ted Bundy was objecting his own shit and he was like mm. firing I his own I love when guys like, you know, defend nuts. themselves. That's he so He just dope. had, he stood up, he was like, objection, Your Honor. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking, oh, there's my ex. There mm-hmm. she is. Anyway, so I me tooed her. Right. And she ran to a judge and got an illegal restraining order against me. Oh. And when I, when, I, when I say illegal, the judge literally had no evidence in front of him. And he right. said, Miss Pels, prove yourself innocent. And I went, that's not the law, Your Honor. And the court's being manipulated. He, didn't like, like, he also, didn't like that too much. From what I've learned from a lot of true crime novels and also uh, watching an, an, a myriad amount of uh, stuff online... Restraining orders don't really do that much. <laughs> they don't. Um, and also, here's here's the best part I mean, of it. You can still kill somebody if you're you have gonna a love restraining this. order. Are you, you're going to love this. But the restraining order was based off of the Me Too post. You do realize that is someone's First Amendment rights to speak. Right. Now, if it's defamation, if she believed that she wasn't abusive, she could have civilly sued me. Mm-hmm. But instead, mm-hmm. she made up a bullshit story to try to, well, not to try to ruin my reputation. She right. took the restraining order and ran around the goddamn city telling everyone that I was beating her. Best part, you ready? I hope this, like, literally, I hope everyone can hear this around the nation. That woman and I hadn't spoken, seen each other, or there was no contact for three years when that judge slapped that injunction on me. So when I say that people, you know, get wrongfully accused or things get wrong, that judge had six turnarounds by the appellate court in less Mm. than a year and a half. You don't think that's corrupt? That's some corrupt ass shit. Six decisions? Right. You were interpreting the law wrong six times in less than a year and a half? I think Eugene Volk and uh, Aaron Kaplan from Loyola University would find that quite interesting. The Met News wrote it up as well two times. It was February, I think, 2015. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to put my toe in the water and try this stand-up mic. Right. Like, and I'm, and I thought for a while, because I dated a girl. This is a positive story. Isn't that amazing? And we're still friends to this day. Whoa. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not going to blast her, but she's, she's great. She's a comedian, too. And we dated for a very short time. But we're friends. And she's one of the kindest people. And I love that. That we stayed friends because we've seen each other at festivals, comedy festivals, and, you know, she was there for me through the defamation. hmm And really there. I mean, listened and was so like, So the this defamation is wrong. came before you were in comedy? No. Mm-hmm. It was during comedy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This was in recent. This is 2019. Oh, 20, okay. Late 2018, early 2019. And then this kid had this meltdown this summer. But other than Right. That. Okay. So it's so been twice. What was your first open mic set like? So the first open mic, I was with my college buddy. I was super nervous. Uh-huh. The, so I'll tell you the reason that I got into comedy, though. The reason that I thought I should do stand-up was because when I dated Bethany, there was a community. And I thought, ah, oh, 
like in the acting community, there is no community. Everybody seemed to be like on like when I would go into the audition room, it wasn't like people were nice. Right. So there's a comic. I was like, or there's a community in in the com in the comedy world. Like it seems to be like this huge support, which I didn't feel because I wasn't taking acting classes. I wasn't in right. any kind of community, right. and I was alone, and I didn't have a lot of friends. So I was like, oh, okay. And then I was like, oh, I'll start a show. Like so, it just all happened very quickly. And in 2015, I got on the stage. I was nervous, but I just told my stories. And after that, do you that, remember the club? Yes, the, it's the in venue? Silver Lake by a car shop. It, like you used to dance there. There's like, cl- like it's a. I don't remember the name of it. <laughs> <Shoot>. <laughs> Marijuana affects the memory. I don't remember the name. Um, I think it's over. I think that mic is very over. I don't think Probably. it even exists. Probably. I mean, most are now. No, but I mean, I think it's been over for a while. Yeah. So, I mean, most mics, if you can go over a year, it's uh, you're doing pretty much more than the average. My show, Killer Unicorns, has been going on for four years. So Killer Unicorns started how far into your stand-up? 20, March 2016. So a year in, you're already like, I need to start my own show. Mm-hmm. And one of my first shows, I was with Sarah Silverman in the main room of the comedy store. Wow. You know, and nothing seems crazy when you're used to it. There's so much crazy shit everywhere. We're used to it. And everything seems crazy when you're not used to it. That's why so many comics make fun of Scientology, right? Because, like, well, because it's a batshit crazy religion. But <laughs> it's no more batshit crazy than, like, every single religion. It's just new, you know? <laughs> Christianity is super old, but it's fucking crazy. I mean, it's, you're born a sinner. By being born, you are a sinner and you're going to hell. But you can just apologize and then you can go to heaven. No big deal. If you're a murderer, same thing. It's just apologize and go to heaven. You can be Hitler and go to confession and say, forgive me, Father, I killed six million Jews. And the priest would just be like, no problem, say ten Heil Marys. <laughs> and Hitler goes to heaven. Hitler goes to heaven is the name of my band. <laughs> Scientology is weird because it's new. It's, it's, it feels weird in our ear holes to hear people worshiping a guy named Ron. We know Ron's in our life. He had to change his name to L. Ron because there was another Ron Hubbard in the Writers Guild. That's how recent a religion it is. And people who follow their religion to the letter of the law are just silly. I mean, I want to tell Hasidic Jews, I promise you, God will not mind if you wear a nice cotton blend in the summer. You're being fucking ridiculous. That's a good get. That was a night. That was a night where everyone wanted her picture, and I was the only person who was like, no, it's good. I don't want to bug her. And she's like, get over here. Mm -hmm. You're in the picture with me. And so we have a picture together. I like Silverman. I think she's intelligent. Sure. Um, I was 
shocked to see her walking into the back room. I remember that very well because it was one of my first shows that I ever did, and I remember. So being So she like, was headlining, and you were opening, or you were um, hosting, I w- or no, I wasn't hosting or opening because I was still very new. This was in 2015, like around Christmas, I think, like around November. And I had done the Ice House a few times. I had done more big circuit work. I wasn't doing indie shows, right? So I was not exposed to. The other side until 2016, which I thought was so amazing. And they're liberal and they're open and I'm not going to get, you know, attacked in a mainstream bar. And I was told all these horror stories and, you know, male comedians. And so you get kind of brainwashed. Right. Into thinking there's this scary world. So by 2016, I was very much immersed in the indie scene. I mean, I was, yeah. Thousands of friends, all the fans, everyone wanted to do the show. It's world. I mean, people email us from the UK. We've had people from Australia. We've had, I mean, this is not just a nationally renowned show. It's, you know, it's worldwide. It, people still email us in the pandemic. Like, can we submit? Sure. We don't know when we're going to be open again. doesn't matter. You know, the hosts have changed. And I'm sure everyone would be like, yeah, she was awful. And it's like, no, you just didn't like me. We didn't have problems with production. You just wanted to do it one way. So I wanted to do it. you produced it. You didn't actually. I ran the whole thing. I produced it. I hosted it. I did everything by myself until I found. I mean, I went through, I had one girl. She was fine. She was only for three months, and then she quit on her own accord. She was just like, I think we have different ideas, and she went back to her own show. Mm-hmm. So I think that was, again, to me, no big deal. To her, was siding with my abuser. <laughs> it's just like birds of a feather flock together. Um, sure. And then so- I had two others, and then one after that. So altogether, four hosts, and now we have Maggie. Mm-hmm. And by far, she's been the most wonderful co-producer and co-host that anybody could. She's professional. She's gorgeous. She's funny. She's talented. She's an amazing artist. She, she's not a gossiper. She doesn't judge people. You know, she is the perfect person to work with. The rest of them, I'll be quiet about. But she's amazing. Thank you, so Maggie. So every you you host a monthly show, and it's every venue's different, or it's never at the same place. We've switched venues. You know, we were at Nerd Melt, and mm. that was our glory days right. because it was beautiful and wonderful. And then it turned to Ruby's or? The Ruby. Yeah. Which I'm just going to say no comment <clears throat> on that. Well, yeah, it was a shame when Meltdown went uh, under. It that was, was a was, travesty. Yeah, it was a real I mean, big it, was, it was awful. And that was then a good when, room. Yeah. When that went under, it was tough to keep killing unicorns in a venue that functioned properly. Right. And Especially in that alt scene. I mean, yeah, you have all, not very many venues. I mean, you have UCB, Meltdown, maybe Largo, a couple others, Dynasty Typewriter. Pack. Uh, pack, yeah. It's very... Here's the problem with the indie scene, in my humblest of opinions. Yeah? <laughs> it's much more toxic. I mean, then. What yeah. I have experienced is more more gossip and toxicity with unsuccessful people versus... Is le- <laughs> if you're in a real club, at least, and someone wants to be dirty, fine, try it. I'll get a bouncer, like... Just never really understood, like, the idea ridiculous. of, like... More rules doesn't make comedy better. <laughs> no. Like, censorship is making us worse. Right. You're not right. making it better by censoring everything that we say or canceling us because we didn't say it the way you wanted it. That's called communism. Right. I'm all for if it's not funny, you don't have to laugh if, at if it. If it's, well, and if it, you um, know, I've kicked. But to say you can't a, say it and you shouldn't have said it to begin with, well, well then that's your opinion. You know, and we've had, and, and, and you know, people, you know, oh, a rape apologist, you know, because I have guy friends who, 
you know, oh, he did something. And then I see the evidentiary support. Right. So saying, oh, he didn't rape me. Right. What really happened is blah, 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 blah. Right. Well, I'm sorry, but I have to go with the truth, not the genitalia. I have to go with the reality, not Care Bear Land. And, and I will tell you this, though. On Killer Unicorns, there were a few times some, a few, you know, dudes got up and were being very crude for no funny reason. Right. Talking about things that were very inappropriate and grotesque and just not funny. If he was being funny, I would say, you know what? Okay, the material's inappropriate, but he's being funny. This was something like out of a, I don't know what, but I looked at my two cohorts at the time and I said, flag him off. Get rid of him. He, yeah. He had like two minutes and he was gone. I mean... If people don't think I'm strict in my show and that I allow nonsense to happen, that right. doesn't go on. And also right. any counterpart of counterpart that's worked with me, and it's in all of my emails and correspondence to all of them, that is, it's an open door policy. Yes, I created the show, but we are all equals. We're right. treated as equals. We respect each other. And people at, at our show, you know, need to be respectful as well. That being said, we never censored people to the point where they felt shamed into not being able to speak. But if you're going to go up and talk about just being crude and raping people, then, yeah, you're going to get flagged off the stage. <laughs> and I will flag you off, personally. Right, right. So I'm not some rape apologist who thinks that be- behaving badly is okay. I believe in everyone taking responsibility for their actions, period, and legally as well. If, if you are doing well, something. Well, obviously, you're into critical thinking. Not I a am. lot of people are. I am. You know, you know what? I appreciate that. <laughs> I do. I appreciate that. You have to be. I mean, especially I, I thought that that's what we did as comics is that we're always supposed to look at it into the like millionth degree and wring it all out of the possibilities of especially we're trying to first look at if this is funny or not. But then in that pursuit of looking at what is funny about it, we're trying to now figure out all the angles, all the different pros and cons, like what are the sides talking about it on? And, and then you so in that search to trying to find something funny, you learn everything about it. Right. And then you form an opinion. That opinion can be definitely separate from your joke. Right. It doesn't even have to be about the joke or right. whatever. Right. Your opinion usually isn't funny at all. It's just, yeah, I am I'm pro-life. There's nothing funny about <laughs> pro-life. But there's plenty of stuff that I can make about about the uh, idea of abortion, you know? There's plenty of jokes that can be made about that. Mm-hmm. And still have an opinion about, like, in a perfect world, would I want somebody to kill some unborn baby? No, I don't. But I understand that it should be out there and available. Even that nuance of, a, of an idea is still like, well, that doesn't sound like you're uh, very pro-life. You have to be, like, with a pitchfork and a torch minutes away from burning down a Planned Parenthood. Then we'll figure out, like, okay, he's pro-life. <laughs> and the a pitchfork. <laughs> I'm just envisioning it. The idea of the the word itself is pro-life. Like, who isn't pro-life? Like, actually, I'm pro-death. Right. Of course we're <laughs> pro-life. Well, and the other isn't pro-abortion. It's pro-choice. Right. That's it's, the thing. It's it's, pro- it doesn't mean you're going to go get an abortion. It just right. means if this happens, like, here's the, here's the way I agree. Right. If if men could would, get pregnant, again, if do you, you know what do you know what do you know what an abortion would look like going through the McDonald's motherfucking drive through? Right, and see how unfeminist I am. But do you see what I'm saying? And like if a, a man had to yeah. had to have a pregnant belly out yeah. while he's flying to wherever to make his million dollar deal, he'd just need to go through that little McDonald's abortion clinic, and he'd be bada bing bada boom out. Right, like that's the that's the difference is that you know a guy can stick it in and knock up a woman. 
and she's got to deal with those consequences physically, whereas he could just take off. I mean, legally not, but a lot of them do. So I do think that pro-choice is smart because what was happening is that women were attempting it on themselves and killing themselves and bleeding out. What now? Well, it wasn't really an accusation. It was so I metooed her right on my Facebook, and then so she you ran, called her out for. I called her out for being abusive, and I challenged the system. I didn't get into the abuse at all. I didn't say she raped me. I didn't say she beat me. I didn't say anything specific. I just said her name, and I said she abused me, and I said to the women, to all the feminists. Mm-hmm. So I was, and I put that in quotes because I think feminism has gotten severely twisted in this today's cultural climate. I'm I'm not a feminist. I love women. And it's not that I'm not a feminist. It's that I do not believe that what is going on culturally right now with quote-unquote certain feminist groups is real feminism. And I, I think someone would go, well, what's real feminism? I can't define that for everybody. Everybody's definition of that. But hating right. all men... That's, that doesn't make you a feminist. I'm sorry. And if it does, then I don't want to be a part of that group. Right. Because feminism, you know, when we talk about Gloria Steinem, when we talk about back Betty in the Dan. 60s, there's right. a reason they were fighting for actual rights. Right. What are we fighting for now? Because most men are afraid of women. They're scared to even ask a woman on a date because they think they're gonna, the woman's going to turn around and say, he raped me. He raped me. It's yeah. like you you were just getting hit on. I get hit on all the time and I'm a lesbian. I don't run around being a Karen. Here, let's reverse it. People say, you know, Karen going, he raped me. He raped me. If it's rape, because I know people who've really been raped. Like right. I, one of my friends was thrown in a fucking van midday by a serial killer rapist. Whoa. And he raped the fuck out of her and was driving the van and she got out of it. And what did she do? Did she meet to him? Did she run around? He was and driving the van while he raped her? No, he raped her. He threw her in the van. He raped her. Right. Got in the van, tied her up, mm. kept her locked in the back. He got in the driver's seat and was right. going to drive and go off to fucking kill her. Right. In the, in the fields of Illinois. Got it. So she was abducted literally at a mall. Midday. Crazy. Parking lot, midday, like Macy's right there. In the suburbs. In like the wealthy suburbs of Illinois. This was when? Um, this is a long time ago because she's got a husband and babies now. At any rate, she completely turned it around. I mean, of course she had trauma, but she started her own organization. Right. And literally now there's new laws because of her. Mm-hmm. She made a huge difference for yeah. women and girls in sexual assault. She didn't run around trying to hurt the guy who raped her, because that's not what you do when, and that's what my ex did. So she did. never went Does to, that make sense? Like, she never tried to charge him with anything? I, oh, no, I think that she, that he was charged, but, like, she did it not in some obnoxious, huge public way. Like, you know, she, right. she did it, she took care of it, and then she moved on and said, look at what I've done versus I'm going to ruin this person's life. Right. Not saying like Harvey Weinstein shouldn't have been called out. Not saying certain people or real rapists shouldn't be called out. But you better make damn well good and sure that this person is a rapist before you ruin their life. So I've never been accused of rape. That's not 
That's not a thing. What she did was she ran to the judge with, with the Me Too post. And mm-hmm. she goes, look at, look at what she's done. And then she got um, like uh, a letter from my ex, the sociopath therapist in Seattle, mm-hmm. that said that I was a bad person. So that's, again, right. hearsay, nonsense. And then her She was last like telling claim, herself, like, Cynthia, I think you should talk to Cynthia. Okay, Cynthia. Yep, exactly. So it was like a typed thing. Who knows? She could have typed it herself and just wrote my, who knows? Again, hearsay. Um, and then her last claim was that in 2015, when we were dating, here's my favorite part, because the, her timeline, <laughs> I have complete and 100% proof against her timeline. She said, we were fighting and there was a blow, a quote, a blow to the head. And the judge said, well, if there was a blow to the head in 2015, why am I just hearing about it now? And she didn't have an answer. Whoa. And then he said, okay, well, um, Ms. Pels, what do you have to say for yourself? And I was like, what do I need to say for myself? There's, mm. there's nothing. Where's her evidence? Where's the pictures of the blow to the head? Where's right. the police report from 2015? I have emails. I have text messages. I have <laughs> Facebook inbox things showing that we were a perfectly happy couple. Perfectly happy couples don't not fight on texts. They mm-hmm. absolutely fight on texts. Abuse doesn't happen just in the home. It happens over the phone. It happens email. I know that because I've been in them. Sure. There are, all of our correspondence was nothing but lovely. Mm-hmm. And anyone at that time, you know, could have said, who knew for me were my, was my therapist who wrote a letter, evidentiary support for the courts mm-hmm. in the appeal. Mm-hmm. So my psychologist, my psychiatrist wrote a letter um, there were, I had tons of evidence, but it wasn't on me at that point in the appeals court. At that point, it was on her because, and the judge really, mm-hmm. more the judge to say. How did he interpret that this girl should have a three-year restraining order when these two girls haven't seen each other in three years? And this was about a Facebook post? Mm-hmm. Had there not been the Facebook post, there'd be no injunction. So it was all about the Facebook post and freedom of speech. There was no violence. There so was what no... made you want to post the Facebook thing? I was so livid because I had seen so many straight women posting about men. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, where is the acknowledgement of the abuse on the, in, the, in the lesbian community? And there was none. Because right. remember, hashtag believe all women. Right. So no woman could possibly be bad. It is weird where a lot of media definitely likes to pick a narrative and then run with that narrative. And then when you try to go like, well, what about this other scenario? And they're like, that's not the scenario we're talking about. We're talking about this scenario and that scenario only. And you're like, well, that doesn't sound like it's you're covering the whole issue then. You're just covering one side of or not just one side, but one specific sect of that of that issue. You know. I understand that, you know, the police aren't great in, no, in terms of they're, they're not perfect. They're yeah. human beings and they're also, I don't think, properly trained. And I think they should be better trained at sure. it. That being said, if I went into the Glendale police right now and said, my wife is beating me, they would at least go home with me. And say, or, or excuse me, my fiance, she's not my wife mm. yet because our, our October wedding was canceled because of Corona. But my point right. is, right. if I said <laughs> my significant other is beating me, they wouldn't be like, well, go home. And that's what a lot of women are. So you're saying they would go over there. They're like, oh, we got to see these two chicks beating each other. Yeah, well, it's going to be hot. <laughs> you know, I just think that, the, that they 
they do look into things. I mean, I, I just, you know, and again, I have all of the empathy for any woman that, you know, came to me. I would never shame her. I would never say, no, it's not. Right. But you do have to know who's talking to you about who. Does that make sense? Like, right. if a woman comes to me and says, X, Y, and Z raped me. It happened. That's that's happened to me numerous times. Sure. That women have come to me and said, "You're this guy or this guy who have been my best friends for years. They, they, they raped me, and, and you're supporting a rapist." Well, and my answer or my response is, "If that happened, I'm so sorry, mm-hmm. and I need to see some evidentiary support. Right. I need to see something that shows me that he raped you, because mm-hmm. your word." means nothing to me and here's why it means nothing and I don't mean nothing like I'm not gonna I am emotionally I will verbally support you and I will say I hear that but I am not going to abandon my friend of four years because he has a penis and you're telling me he raped you you have to tell me when where how what happened you know not just cancel him right or rip him off my lineup I get messages like that all the time because of killer unicorns this guy did it okay Maybe he did. Show me or tell, like, you're just telling me now that he's on my show. Mm-hmm. And then I get Snapchats and I'm watching, you know, my guy friend side of the story. And there's nothing about rape. She's angry right. that he was having sex with another girl. So do I believe women? Absolutely. Do I think some women gone girl things? Absolutely. And if people have a problem with that answer, then they're not open minded and they're not psychologically educated. Yeah, I they agree. need to go take a psych 101 class about aberrant behavior no, because it's not it, just no. then they're going to be insufferable because they're going to be like gonna I be think in- I know everything because I know <laughs> right. I've, I'm in psych 101 you know I'm Here's a psych the bottom major line. what people need to realize is this is not about a vagina or a penis this is about mm-hmm. a good person or a bad person right because women can rape you just as much as a man can I don't right. want to hear any different when people say, you know, and if, if someone was to say, do, do you, Julia, you say, where's the due process rights, but you me too'd someone. I don't believe in that anymore. I believe that I don't want to say that was a mistake because it, it's made me who I am. And I love that I had to fall off the pedestal to, cause you have to have haters eventually. Right. Cause you can't always be on the pet. You can't always be everybody's best friend. Then you're not doing something right. Okay. You have to take a stand. And so I, what I do regret though or not regret, what I do think I should have done was, I think I should have done it differently. Because even my ex, you know, I'm sure that scared the ever-living crap out of her. Not that she didn't deserve it, but I don't agree with just these blind accusations now, so it's different. So I don't know how I could have called her out, but I was really angry at, at at certain groups of women in the comedy community that were like, all women are perfect and wonderful. And I'm like, do you know what kind of message that sends to the lesbian, bisexual, queer community, trans community? Do you even understand what that, what kind of message that sends mm-hmm. to us? Mm-hmm. No, they clearly didn't. And so what I was really doing was challenging the system. It was less about my ex and more about the system. Right. And that pissed her off. And so she ran and told a tall tale about a blow to the head. Right. <laughs> in 2015, it never happened. It never occurred. It was a lie. And it was proven that it was a corrupt order by, th- by a woman, <laughs> well, by three justices. But the, the opinion that came down that was wrote, because it's a higher level court. Right. You know, he's a low level judge. And so when the opinion was written, it was written by a woman justice, Ann Egerton. Mm-hmm. 
are extremely educated and high-level judges, and they wrote that his, his quote, interpretation was not correct. And right. It, so it's taken away. It's off. It's done. It's over. Well, it's hard to tell, like, you know, minorities, like, hey, I get that you're in a, a minority, and I understand that you're being persecuted, and, you know, you're getting marginalized, and a lot of things are not going your way because of systematic oppression for things that are clearly not your fault, that you're getting the brunt end of it. That sucks. But also, there's a lot of those people that are just plain assholes, too. Yeah. And you can't call them an asshole because then you're going to look like a bigot or a person that's like, well, you hate gay people. It's like, no, I don't. I love a lot of gay people. Just not that one. Because it's not using, about their it's, gay it's, either. Well, it's because they're an asshole. Well, people are <laughs> using what we like to call now identity politics. Right? Let's talk about identity politics. So I'm... I'm a woman. Like people get to call me an asshole all they want because it's cool You're to a be... white man. Right. Straight, too. Well, then you're really fucked. Right. You're just going to hell for I that. I just got to really turn you gay. You just got to die. Yeah. Just die. <laughs> just die. Isn't that what we want? Yes, all women. Right. Yes, all men. Right. Believe all women. I mean, it's... I would it's, say this would be the most popular... It's psychologically damaging. Right. And, it, and, and, and the amount of suicides that have taken place in the male population. I don't know the statistic. We can ask Google. Hey, Google, do men commit more suicide than women? Men die by suicide 3.53x more often than women. On average, there are 123 suicides per day. White males accounted for 7 of 10 suicides in 2016. Again, the bottom line is it's not about a vagina and it's not about a penis. No. It is about human behavior. It is right. about aberrant, abnormal behavior. Right. Criminal sometime activity. Right. Well, that's the thing, too. Like, I, I, I'm the same way. We're like, I've had a lot of comics I know, and certain ones agree with me, but most of them don't because they don't like to, you know, cause waves. Cause waves, right. And obviously, you know, they're looking for, like, well, I don't, you know, I'm trying to get booked on a show still. I don't want to, like, tell that person that he's out this booker of being a bad person in real life because I still want to be on his show someday. Gross. Which is stupid, yeah. But anyway, like, you would think that if we were so progressive or if we were, like, including everybody in this conversation, we would be able to be like, hey, I get that you're paralyzed and it sucks, but stop calling out people that are and saying that they're racist when they're not racist. And everybody- I agree with you. You don't get to use the fact that you're, let me just list off any kind of a, a disability, a mental disability, a physical disability, your gender, your sex, um, where you came from. We don't get to use identity politics as right. a way not to take responsibility right. for our behavior. Right. You don't get to go blow up a store and say, well, I'm a woman and I'm gay, so that, that's going to get me off. Well, I love, too, when you have to label yourself and then you make your little blowhard statement, like, as a black woman of color trigger, who's gay. Trigger warning. Trigger yeah. warning. Trigger warning. I dated a lot of really pretty boys, like Leonardo DiCaprio. You say that when I'm alone with a girl, I'm, you know, I'm doing the baby voices, the whole thing, all that ridiculous stuff. Are you? Oh, yeah. Ah. It's horrible to admit, but it's true, you know? What's the most Rubbing noses and all that really? stuff. Really? Yeah. Really mm. surprising that I'm a lesbian. Like, they had, like, the long hair back, you know, when right, I was in high school. Right. You remember that look. 
Mm-hmm. That long, the long bangs, sexy, pretty boy look. Parted down the middle. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Sure. And I was madly in love. With, sure. Ooh, my boyfriend in high school. I mean, I, woo! I let him do all the things. We were only 16. I loved him. And I mean... It was so easy to be with him, but sure. I don't think it's because he was a man. I think it was his personality. And, sure. and I think the old Julia would have been like, it's because he was a guy. Guys are nicer. And it's like, no. It's because he was chill. And a lot of women that I dated were not chill. I was the, Here's me taking responsibility for all of you out, all those haters out there. <laughs> There's a few that were calling me Princess Karen. I thought that was hilarious. I was like, Princess Karen? Who the hell's Princess Karen? I've worked my whole life, oh my God, as a nanny, as a, the things that I've done, I've cleaned up puke and poop and been a waitress and been a a floor cleaner. Oh, what kind of restaurant is that? Well, nannying. Nannying. You know, you're (laughs) nannying. When you're a nanny, you know, you're like a mom. I've done every, I I mean... I'm a second-generation Greek immigrant. We were taught that no job is beneath you. And when you do a job, you do it well. Mm -hmm. And you take responsibility for your actions and you tell the truth. Like, it is a very, although I don't consider myself religious, quote-unquote, my family, you know, you follow the, the, the moral code. Right. You don't get to be, you don't get to use the fact that you're a woman or that you're gay or that you're Greek or that you're short or that you got a whatever. Right. You don't get to use that, my my friend. You know, that's kind of my parents' attitude is, you'll right. do the same thing that your brother does. You're going to do the same thing as the poor people, and you're going to do the same thing as the rich. You're going to do all of it. Because right. you're not above it, and you're not below it. They really kept my attitude in check. I think the reason I am able to admit my own faults and shortcomings, which I could list about 28, maybe even 40. I'm my yeah. own harshest critic. But I look inside all the time, every day, and say, okay, dude, what's up? What could I be doing better? My, really? Truly? Yeah. Genuinely. My family had a big healthy dose of that, too. Uh, my parents were both like, hey, guess what? There's some things that you're not going to be good at. And there's other things, though, that you're going to be good at. So be thankful that you're going to be good at some things, but not good at other things. And I'm like, that's cool. And other people I've told said, a lot of people have said, like, why would a parent tell you that? And I'm like, because they were being real? Like, why would you say, like, you're going to be good at everything you do and then just fail at 20 of the, you know, things? I like, think be real. Was... Like, you don't have to. Like, that's the thing. I like, when was I was, like, 5'8", and, and I stayed 5'8", a lot of family members were like, yeah, you're not going to be a pro baller. You're not going to be a basketball player or well, a football like, player. Me. I wanted to be a model. I'm five. Two right. and three quarters. And even though you'll see me modeling on my Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of it is just for fun. I mean, there's some, right. I've done some editorial mm-hmm. things. I've done a few things for friends who needed pictures. But in general, I actually did do one runway for the equality, the LGBT. Whoa. So I did do a runway. I'll show you the video later. It's pretty cool. Was it like the lights uh, and everything? Okay. Like- that one scene in uh, Sex in the City where Carrie Bradshaw does the runway but and she, she fell. falls. I yeah. I killed it, actually. Mm. I was pretty surprised. Cool. See, all the haters are going to be like, Princess Karen's a narcissist. <laughs> I say all the haters like I'm, like I'm, you know, actually am popular enough to have haters. Well, I guess I am. But like, I think like that's it weird with me. I don't feel like I have a lot of haters. I feel like most of people that don't like me are just indifferent. I it's see. The They're indifference. like, whatever. 
They don't care. Haters go to the realms of like, I gotta tell this person how much I hate them. You know, they don't tell. You know, me they to gotta my do face. the legwork. They, they what they do though is they try to get me canceled or they try to do right. hashtags I don't even get that. Me. I just get people that if they don't were... you like that though? I would prefer yours. These people are idiots. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather them say it to my face, right? Because this is just loser behavior. You're gonna hashtag nonsense on the internet, but you can't say it to my face. I get a lot of that like passive aggressive like I'll follow you still but oh, I'll I don't just like that. not See, well, like anything. I will unfollow your posts but I'll still be your friend. You Why know? do they do that? I don't know. They do it to me too. I because think it's weird. I feel like it's because I have like, you know, 400 followers but only 30 people looking at my posts. So it's like, well, where's all the other people? You know, where are all the other friends? Right? I well, I think social media is trash. Clearly. If you want my, I mean, my complete, I think it's complete trash. And it's making trash. me think that uh, my friends hate me, that they probably don't even think about it. No, it, it's, <laughs> it's psychologically damaged. Let's go back to the psychology. No, literally, I was, I, again, I am not a psychologist. I never say We're that fucking I. Fucking rats in a cage. Pretend to be, but it was one of my majors. And I will tell you that people who, the screen time is not only damaging to you psychologically, but it's actually physically those eons or what, whatever's pumping into your head. Mm. I don't know what it's called, but, the, you know, whatever the, what's, right. what it's emitting. Bad vibes. Well, no, literally, like the energy, like the, the, yeah. the technology emits some kind of thing that's bad for you. I don't know exactly, but it's just not, it's just turned into kind of a cesspool. I mean, if, it, if you're doing it because it's cute and that you want to show your whatever, babies or this or that, fine, I get it. But I think some of it just, hey, let's, let's you know, especially in a quarantine, Let's get all the crazies out, and sure. you know that well, that's th- like a um, <laughs> wait, like if some someone you know running rampant, like oh right. yeah, let's it's like a little kid on fire. Do you know what I mean? Like they love it. Let's make havoc on on social media. Well, I feel like I've <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess unfortunately, or I'll admit that uh, with the quarantine. It does seem like I'm doubling down on the internet more because I'm not doing comedy outside, so you know, hard. in real life. So it's like I got to get out my outlet somehow. So it's like I'll do more podcasting or I'll, yeah, do more Instagram posts or try to, try to create up stupid memes or whatever. But it's like it's not doing anything to better I'm myself. Just working on a paid, like, I'm just working on a paid film, you know, mm-hmm. to all my haters. There you go. <laughs> it's a secret, but it is um, – Okay. Yeah. It's a big deal, and I'm excited. I think it's time. Um, but, you know, I, I've been secretly working, and, and, and I've still been it's on like social media. It's like a sci-fi media. action thriller romance. No. Aw, oh, damn. No. Because that's what I wanted to see. No. Um, but it is great, and I love I love the whole – yeah, I can't talk about it. But, you know, I'm sworn to secrecy. But the, the point is is that – I think what we what you need to focus on, you know, whenever I hear someone really successful talk, like we, I mentioned Eminem earlier, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm sure I'll get crap about that too. God, sure. oh Lord, Lord, from Eminem himself, Lord, he he listens. He's Lord told me. Lord help me. Lord help me. Um, the point is, is that you know, me and Marshall were close. You and Marshall, I mean, the man has flaws. Yeah, okay, and. Yeah. But, but some what might I say really I like, was Stan, like I was the inspiration Stan. for Stan. Yeah. I really, you know what I really like? I like also when he talks about. Hold on, let me pull the song up. Mm-hmm. I really like um, the one where he. I I I love the one, the way I am when mm-hmm. he's like, I am whoever you say I am, right. like whatever in the newspaper. Right. Every day I am. And I am whatever you say I am. If I wasn't, then why would I say I am? 
that big by any means. He's like, I don't care. I just play my jams or whatever. I love those attitudes where they're like, not my problem, not my responsibility. To it's like the, who was it? George Carlin that said, "Who doesn't like you is none of your business. Mm-hmm. It's none of your business." Yeah. So I don't get those weird like app trackers that are like they unfollowed me. You know, like there's a, there were a few cases when I noticed um, with some of the slander, like someone would unfollow me, and I'd message them and be mm-hmm. like, "Hey." Can we talk about it? Or like, this was not real. Like someone made, and some people just don't. And that's fine. Like some people just will believe whatever. And I've had to be okay with not, that's something that's really hard when you're, when you grow up your whole life. Like I was a model starting at age three. When you grow up your whole life with a Greek mother and, you know, a set of morals and you need to be, you know, I mean, I was held to a very high standard in general. Um, weight wise and you know ballet and the hair had to be perfect and the bows and you know you didn't go out of the house without makeup when you hit a certain age and your mom had you on a diet and then makeup at three not at that point (laughs) um later um but you know when you're when you're under the scrutiny and you you're you're always being told be be good be a good girl and not just about being this isn't a man and, and and woman thing but you're kind of told, you know, smile and like just sit still for the camera. And you're, you grow up wanting to make everyone happy as an sure. entertainer. So my whole life between the musical theater schools and the trainings and, you know, the ballet dancing and, and the choir performances. I mean, there were so many layers to my performing that I grew up under this blanket of I've got to be beautiful and perfect for them. And right. when that breaks you know i think it takes you know one thing in your life that destroys you this is a quote to make you who you are i forgot who said it but i think it's true because that was so hard to watch all those women in the indie community that i thought supported me there were like hundreds who said i believe you i believe you i believe you and those were the same women who turned against me Mm. so to watch that and to wake up every day in a panic and sad because you feel like you lost all your friends and people think something of you that isn't true. I think it just made me tougher and I don't feel anymore like I have to be the good girl who smiles and who sits like it just broke the the thing, you know, when you fall like I said when you fall off the pedestal, you know, like perfect this and her perfect show and you know, once they some of them chose to believe what they did, it was like, okay, now I can be who I want because I don't have to prove anything to anyone anymore because you already think the worst of me, which isn't true. Right. But you're going to say it, not to my face, but you're going to believe it, not to my face. I, just, I can't care. Like you can't, at some point in your life, you know, it's not just about defamation, but it's just gossip and you have to be like, fine, if that's what you want to spend your time on, I'm working on something I'm getting paid to do. And that will launch me into more paying gigs. Will just be more paying gigs, and just more and more. And then you can hate. Then there'll be more haters. Right. They will always be there. But for every one hater, you'll have twelve lovers. Wow, that sounds dope. I need one lover. But it's true. Like for every person that's like, Ed, she's a Karen, Princess Karen, which I actually found very hilarious. I'm so not anywhere close to a princess. If you watched me and put cameras in my house, like my day to day is. Literally, like, Julia's doing the laundry. Julia's, like, half naked. Right? A lot of people, actually, this character I'm doing is half naked. But, like, there's a lot of naked, I'm, you know, and, and writing and bill paying. And I'm all over, like, just get, like, just working. 
You know, kind of like Cardi B was like, I love when she's like, I ain't got no time to chill. Gotta pay my mama's bills or whatever she says. You probably heard of me. Got a bag and fix my teeth. Hope you hoes know it ain't cheap. And I pay my mama bills. I ain't got no time to chill. Think these hoes be mad at me. They baby father wanna feel. Like, that's me. Like, I have no time for the haters because I'm too busy working to sustain Trying to be the comedian, actor, you know, I, I didn't, I'm not dancing or singing right now because it's just, I can't be all of it. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I can't model professionally because I'm not tall enough. So there's only so much I can do. So I focus right. on the comedy. I focus on the indie films. And Well, what if you stood on like a box or something? I think that's a great idea. They won't even have it, not even for magazines usually, for well, print. They're very discriminatory. They're height discriminatory. Yeah, those sound like the real haters. Those sound like I was just going to say trigger. That's mm-hmm. a trigger for me. Yeah. They call me a short person. If you're that triggered all the fucking time, oh, see, I'll get in trouble for that right. too. I'm not being sensitive enough to the to the, men, to the mental health community. Actually, you know, I am I am the mental health community. I have been to more you know doctors and psychiatrists because I think it's very important to be so incredibly aware of your of your internal landscape because the bottom line is you also have what's called a shadow self which is your not perfect self sure. the mistakes that we made and the things that we do that we're not proud of which every single person has vagina butt you know crack penis whatever purple people eater we mm-hmm. all have a shadow self right. and to completely disacknowledge it doesn't even worry but to not acknowledge it and, and say well you yeah. know, th- this woman or this person doesn't have a shadow self because they're, you know, X, Y, Z. I'm not going to get into anything specific. Right. But it's like, no, you're still a person. You still have to take responsibility for what you're doing. I have uh, I identify as both genders, not as like a hermaphrodite. Like they? Or N- they? No. No. Just. Uh, male and female. Male and female. Not because um, I identify as being those genders. Just simply okay. because I've had my uh, genitalia been mistaken as a clit and penis. Oh. So it's like, it's well, it could be both. Could be either one. Mm-hmm. I get it. So obviously uh, I'm, I'm dealing with that. That's my truth. That's your thing. Yeah. I got to deal with that one day at a time. I'm, I'm slowly becoming a hero and a, a champion for small dick slash large clit guys everywhere. Oh, my God. She went on a podcast and died. Right. And it wasn't even the feminist that killed her. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm not, would... not a feminist. Does that make sense? A lot of people, it's it's so frustrating. Right. When Just because you have a different opinion. Well, there's a lot of different sides of feminism out there. And Thank you for, I appreciate you saying that because, you know, it's, 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 you know it, hurts, really it hurts my, I mean, it, no, I'm going to say. This is probably not very feminist to say, but I. No, go ahead. I, I took go a ahead. feminist course in college. What's wrong with saying that? Uh. Because I wanted to hook up with some chicks. I knew, like, oh, there was going to be a lot of chicks in here. Like, sweet. Like, yeah. Well, that's and I'll look like I'm all sensitive. Yeah. Like, oh, I really understand your guys' 
troubles. I want to get really involved. Like, tell me all the details, you know. Oh, I'm dead. You mm-hmm. just killed me again. Yeah. So then you took a feminist clip? That, well, yeah. <laughs> well, I was a poli-sci major in college. So, like, it was part of the, you know, elective. So you had to take, um, you know, one of three courses. And right. I was just like, well, I guess it's, why not? You know? Because also, that's where all the chicks are. And uh, I adore you. We're going to be friends. We're going to be friends after this. Is this going to be like a Rogan? But they're going to cancel me because I didn't say like school you. Like why? Why did you? Why would you do that? Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? um, How could you do that to women? Well, here's your feminist ending. Uh, I didn't hook up with any of them. Uh, They all became. uh, They didn't really even talk to me that much. I'm triggered. (laughs) I'm triggered. I'm triggered. I'm triggered. I do feel like, uh, though, it would have been nice to at least have a study date with one of them. Uh, but they didn't even... Nobody gave you a blowjob? No. Because <laughs> here's the surprise, uh, and I'm sure you're big shock. Uh, most of them were of the LBGTQ community. That's why they were taking the... Can we just say the alphabet community? We can just say the queer community, right? Which I've been studying since, for God's sakes, nineteen ninety nine. Doesn't the Q since I was... mean questioning too, or no? That's LGBTQQIA. So it's um. lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, um, queer, questioning, ally, and then intersex. Right. And then the plus means anyone else who wants to most join. Most transgenders feel like they're straight, though. Yes, that because but, they're dating but, a woman right. or a person of an opposite and gender. You, that's yes, and they're still umbrellaed under the queer community. That's, that's what just I mean. a cultural thing. I think it's anybody but, that just has a weird look to them. Well, that's originally what the, the word. And meant. I use weird as a queer. scientific term. Queer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, my handle's queer comedian. So if it wasn't apparent right. to anyone that I'm a weirdo. Right. Or maybe a lesbian. Right. Which most people look at me and they go, no, you're not. No, you're not. You're No, you're bi. Right. You're not a lesbian. I mean, I had a girlfriend in college. I, I've told this story live before. I tell, in fact, I'm very, um, it just, I love when people accuse, accuse me of stuff because I'm like, have you ever seen my stand-up, like my storytelling or my podcast? I call myself out. On everything. So it's all out there. Does that right. make sense? I'm not the happy person dancing. No, I, fig- like, I, will, I figured. <laughs> you, yeah. If you've ever seen my stuff, it's it's real. And it's not, yeah. there's nothing about it. There's some stories that's like, oh, that's not even funny. Sure. Like it's, I think I'm a dark comic. I think like the like I'm doing a dark comedy. And I think that that is very, that strikes home because I'm funny, but it was a way to cope. With what was going well, on. Well, I've noticed a lot of open mic sets, definitely from people that are especially first year, maybe two years in. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of therapy sessions. It's a lot of like, oh, I can't tell my therapist because I don't even have one uh, this, but uh, this should be funny. And you're like, no, this is just sad. Or yeah. you you just now get more depressed after you hear that person. You're like, yeah, this that's... wasn't a comedy set. This no, was... see, mine is actually <laughs> amusing. It's just sometimes absolutely like flabbergasting. But entertaining is it not is comedy. It is entertaining. It's not. I mean, always... it's now going into like one man show type of stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think you know. To me, a one man show seems so narcissistic. For I mean, I, I, 
I'm not saying but that I'm for saying other like, people, but I mean for me, like I just I tried to think of it. Like, should I do a one man? And I was like, I don't think I could talk about myself for that long. Though. Really? You've been doing it this whole time. Well, I mean, yeah, but like a one woman show is like music, and it's a whole story, and it, I don't know. It seems like a little too musical theaterish for me, which is ironic. Well, you don't have I used to, to be do a musical, music. I used to be a musical theater kid. I used to go and stand on the rent line at four thirty a.m. in Chicago with my best friend, mm-hmm. and we would just we'd get front row seats for twenty dollars because you sat in line for twelve hours with no food and froze your butt off. Right, midwinter, right. January. Well, maybe you could do something like Billy Crystal, like with this, you know, seven hundred Sundays or the 500 Sundays and he's talking about all the times he went to baseball games with his dad but you could be like you know these are all the times women like accosted me or you know these are all the times yeah um I got me tooed on you know at at an open mic I never got me tooed Oh, okay. No, I me too'd the crazy, and then the crazy went crazy. Right. It's like, it's so obvious to anyone who looks at it, because here's the thing. If I was the abuser, why didn't she me too me? Why didn't she come out with this abuse, quote, abuse? And Eugene Volk writes perfectly about it. He's like... So this is an interesting, he's like two lesbian comics. So he's he like, you think this is. using this as like a sociology like, Oh, paper? no, we cre- I changed the law because of this. Whoa. People don't get this. Like in the comedy community, I'm still the pariah. Not, not for most people. Like the smart, educated ones know what's really going on. They've read the case. They've looked at it. Because it's literally like two female comedians. You'd think this story would be funny. It's not. And it talks about how there's accusations of abuse from me on the Facebook post to her right. and how those accusations themselves were abu- were considered abusive. Meaning the judge, again, based his order off of my, my freedom of speech Facebook, she abused me post, because that was the most recent contact, which it wasn't contact. Wow. It was on a private Facebook post. So she had a spy. It just proves that she's a freaking nut job and a criminal. I mean, I could literally pull things up that would blow your mind. But she she's out, by the way, making money. Mm-hmm. People are Venmoing her. Whoa. Wait, wait for it. To tell the truth. We've changed the goddamn case law. And this lunatic, this is what I mean by a criminal. She's taking people's money to tell them the, quote, truth mm. about what happened in our case. This was published. What do you mean? So she's getting money to? She's do literally. What? I don't know. You should. Gu- you what? should. You should ask her. <laughs> okay, that she's the next guest. Oh God, no! You, you, <laughs> you don't want that in your house. Is she a comic? No, she calls herself a comic. She's a storyteller and she's a web designer by day. Uh huh. No, she's not a comic. She's not funny. Right. Like she, sure, she a says web she's a designer comic. by day and a homewrecker by night. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so what do you think most people that hate you say the reason is or why they hate you? Um, I recently had a coworker who is going through a lot seemingly because he outed me as this terrible person that he worked with. And then he had like, he came out and now he's wearing pink wigs. So I don't know if he's now becoming a woman. I'm not sure what's happening. (laughs) <laughs> but um he just but, came out well he wearing bla- well pink he bla- wigs. it was very weird he blasted me as this abuser and it was very it was she's a it was literally um she's a racist rapist and i'm like what and then he manufactured a text and you can you know it's manufactured because it just says my name julia he well you can like, put like he photoshopped it no, you know, Google um, 
manufacture text. Literally, it will pop up and show you how to manufacture a text. Cool. So he manufactured an N-word text and said oh. that it was from me. Not just with my phone what? number. Just that? Just No, wait, ready? This is what it says in the text. Anyone who knows my vernacular, anyone who knows the way I talk, anyone right. who knows, looked at that text and went, that's not Julia Pels. Right. Also, Julia Pels would never say that in real life. I've worked with her. I've known her for four years. She's not a problem to work with. Right. I've never been actually <laughs> accused by anyone like... She's a rapist, or she's mean, or she's bad to work with. They just don't like me, so they make things up. Like, this recent She doesn't one, use the E-R. She uses A. Right. Right. <laughs> so I was, a, I was a racist rapist, and there was no one accusing me of rape, and the only one accusing me of being a racist was a straight white man at the time. <laughs> a straight white man was calling a lesbian female a racist rapist. So mm-hmm. tell me how that's not a problem. You know who's a... He was calling me a... Um, also, in quotes, a danger to the comedy community. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, if anyone's a danger to the comedy community, yeah. it's this white, crazy man, straight, cra- crazy white man who's... Which I don't, again, like identity politics, but if we're going to break it down, calling some little lesbian... Not that I couldn't be a racist rapist, but right. are you nuts? Like... Most of my comic friends were joking and be like, you want to rape me? You know, because it was just so... Fr- had- that sounds like a cool kid's book. Randy, the racist rapist. rapist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then he manufactured that tech. And then, you know, my friends were like, you should sue his ass. And I'm like, no, I'm not wasting my money. Because mm-hmm. that's what he wants. He wants attention and he's pathetic and he's not going to get it from me. Right, right. The most he'll get is like this five seconds on these airwaves. He's dead to me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like this person doesn't exist. Unless he's paying me rent... To use up some brain space, he doesn't exist. My show went on without him. He was very angry because he was a co-host. And so when people have little microaggressions, mm-hmm. meaning not me doing something against him, but him having his little five-year-old psychological tantrum right. and then accusing me of actually being a criminal is criminal behavior. Mm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. You don't like me? Cool. Then we'll talk in an alley. We can talk about that in a dark, dark alley. Right, right. If you know what I mean? Real calm and simple. But to accuse me of nonsense that no one else has accused me of even doing is just slander, libel, and defamation. And mm-hmm. he's lucky that I'm not suing his ass. That will come next if he tries it. Right. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't, he, he made this thing like, she will threaten you with lawyers. Yeah. If you're defaming me, I'm going to threaten you with a lawyer, you dumbass. What'd you think I was going to do? But at this point, no one really cares about him. So why bother? It's a waste of money. It's yeah. nonsense. It'll go away. Who cares? I feel like uh, getting back to uh, Princess Karen. Princess Karen. That also sounds like part of Randy the Racist Rapist. Right. And Princess Karen. And Princess Karen. So I it's like, like a story. Randy the Racist know, Rapist and Karen together mm-hmm. fell in love. Yeah. And the whole story is fiction, yeah. which is the best part. I'm like, God, if there were tabloids about me, this would be great reads, guys. Right. Good like, job. You guys did the amount of time. She's like held up they... in a castle. He's trying to right? save her. Right. And then instead of saving her, he just rapes her in the castle. Aww. There it is. Yeah. There's my life story, guys. <laughs> I have not been doing anything my whole life. I've just been. A raping, raping racist my whole life. Just raping mm-hmm. and racing and yep. riding my horses. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ridiculous. And then telling everybody, I need to see the manager about it. Right. Right. Princess Karen, where are you? I mean, look, I worked in the industry where people were saying to me, I want to see the manager about you. Wow. 
I'm just kidding. I was too much of a perfectionist. But, <laughs> but, I, I need mean. I need to talk to the manager about Julia. Well, I'm sure there are. She keeps asking me to, do I want to see her tits? And I've told her yes yep. plenty of times. Yep. She keeps showing me them. Yep. And I'm like, gosh, damn. Yeah. Usually those are the complaints, generally. You know, <laughs> or, you know, like what she's given me one blowjob and I ordered four. What is she doing? Right. You know, they were angry. They were disgruntled. I mean, they were... I get that I'm in my refractory period, but still, why isn't she cupping the balls? Why? Mm-hmm. Also, you know, we're both going to get canceled for this. <laughs> I think it's funny because you you really, it's it's just funny. It's You, you got to joke about it because, you know, you can't cancel everybody. Of course. I mean, Tom Hanks That's is now a pedophile. Well, I knew it. He's had such a bad track record, you know? Totally. He's been in all the tabloids, and yep. he hasn't been married to Rita Wilson for, what, 30 years or I mean, 25 or whatever after it is? After Bosom Buddies, I was like, there's something weird you about that guy. You knew something was going on mm-hmm. with him. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I actually met Tom Hanks. He was lovely in Chicago Heights, which right. is in Illinois, when they filmed Road to Perdition. Right. Read this. Connor's been stealing from you for years. He's kept accounts open under the names of dead men. Men like the McGoverns. I stood there and helped him kill Finn to line his own pockets. I thought it was working for you. But I wasn't. You think I'd give up my son? He was betraying you. I know. Now listen to me. I tried to avoid more bloodshed. You wouldn't accept that, so I did what was necessary, but I've always loved you like a son, and now I'm telling you, leave before it's too late. Think. Think. Now they're protecting him now, but when you're gone, they're not going to need him anymore. This ends with Connor dead, no matter what. That may be. But you are asking me to give you the key to his room so you can walk in. Put a gun to his head and pull the trigger, and I can't do that. He murdered Annie and Peter. There are only murderers in this room. Michael, open your eyes. This is the life we chose, the life we lead. And there is only one guarantee. None of us will see heaven. Michael could. Then do everything that you can to see that that happens. Leave. I'm begging you. It's the only way. And if I go? Then I will mourn the son I lost. First of all, if you've ever seen that movie, I I choked. I cried so hard. It's so good. Mm Mm-hmm. And this him and the sun and sure, I'm not gonna cry. I'm done. You know, it's not period time, so I'm not gonna cry. Right. But um, but it was a good movie, and I talked my way onto the set. I'm uh-huh. making big eyes because it was inappropriate, but I did. And they're like, "Here, wear a craft services thing." And I just walked up and I was like, "Hi." Like I didn't even shake his hand. I just looked at him like a crazy. And I don't get starstruck at all. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those people. I'm just not. I'll, I'll be like, "Oh, cool." There's whoever. Like I've met like um. Hillary Swank at the, like, the GLAD. Like, I was at one of them, like, being a, you know, talent 
they call them wranglers, which sure. I shouldn't say that, but it's a talent helper where you're carrying their purse. Or I've right. met Natasha Leone. She's lovely. Sure. She's lovely. I love her. And so, oh my goodness gracious, so was, um, she's just as lovely in person as she is on screen, Hillary Swank. She is like a walking princess. She has mm-hmm. just been very kind, very articulate. She was lovely. She's like, hey, her, hey, her, how you doing over there? Let she me, was, can I, can you hold me, hold my purse over here? She was very sweet. Um, and I don't oh, remember don't why. Worry, I don't remember worry about how my gun in there. The don't worry about uh, that. My <laughs> how did I even get into my getting Hummer truck going to into the stu- getting into being the meeting the talent? Oh, because I met Tom Hanks. So there I was, and I just looked at him and I went, "Hi," <laughs> and he's like, "How's it going?" And he just struck me, and like I said, I've walked into rooms where I've been like, "Oh, oh, oh, that guy, that guy's not good," or "Oh, oh, oh, that chick is." Right, he's like crazy. Hi there, and Hi. he was so no, he was so sweet. He was so calm and kind, and he was so down to earth. I was like, you he remind you me a Woody figure. of my dad. I don't know. He was chill. He was like the regular guy. He was not like, <laughs> oh hi, I'm Tom Hanks. You know, like I'm Tom Hanks. It was chill. Well, I would hope that he is that way. Why would you want a celebrity to be going like, hey, by the way, I'm Tom Hanks? If you didn't know. <laughs> well, and my point is, is that like. Again, Would this, you introduce this your, insanity, I mean, this you, insanity with we're going <laughs> to dig into everyone's like, dig into our pet. Like then, hey, we're going to dig into yours. Get the nine to fivers out here. They right. can line up and I'm going to go through all your fucking history forever and ever and ever. And I'm going to look and then you're going to get fired from your nine to five after we, you know, I'm not going to say it because I can get very inappropriate. But after we comb through all of Get into this last segment and then Great. we'll close it on out of here. Great. The traffic's terrible, I just checked. Awesome. <laughs> I know. I was like 30 minutes turned into an hour real fast. Yeah. In Corona, mind you. Awesome. Okay, so this segment is called uh, Inside the Comic Studio. Uh, it's basically just questions that I ask everybody uh, towards the end. Uh, they don't need long answers, but, uh, you know, they don't have to be one word answers. First question, uh, what subject would you like to talk about but haven't yet on stage? Okay, what subject? I really want to talk about um, uh, women-on-women violence on stage. Or that's like crime, hilarious. or it's not funny at all. <laughs> um, so why would you want to talk about that? Well, you have to make it funny, because it exists. Okay, what's so funny about funny ra- part of well, it. Well, what's funny about, you know, rape jokes? There are certain rape jokes, and I could get... True. In trouble for this. That happened to be like a woman told me a woman, a straight woman was like, "Want to hear my rape joke?" And I was like, "Kind of not." I mean, and she told it, and it was shockingly hilarious. Next question: What is your favorite joke that never gets a laugh? I don't know. Most of my jokes get laughs because I'm just a whack job on stage. I feel like I use the stage. I'm loud. I'm not one of those den. There's a lot of women who do deadpan and they do it beautifully. I am not one of those women. Mm-hmm. I am literally hopping all over stage like a rabbit. I look like I've had a few lines, even though I've never touched cocaine. Um, right. Because I have this natural hyperness to me that's like, whoa. You do have, yeah, definitely. What a- in God's name is she on? Can I have some? <laughs> <laughs> but they don't see the crying one at home who's like listening to like the depressing indie music. Like, and then this person hates me. Right. You know, like, <laughs> like I think people think when they meet me, they're like, 
she must be just chipper all the time. I think that's the <laughs> I think that's the thing. They see, you know, the sex pop pictures and the happy and they just think life is perfect. When in the reality is like, oh, I feel so like furious with my body because it's not really that healthy and it's not what it was when I was 20 and like, ugh. Next question. If yep. hell exists, uh, what would you like to hear Satan say to you? Because obviously you're going Welcome there. home, baby. Yeah. Welcome home. Here's a joint. I'm going to light it with my ass. Nice. Mm-hmm. That would be a mm-hmm. sweet thing to see. Mm-hmm. I would see so many exes, though, and primarily ex-girlfriends. That would be a nightmare. I might even ask to fuck Satan just to stay away from the women. There you go. Next question. What sexual position will you never try on stage? On stage? Like in an act out. Or in film. No, like on stage at, like, a you know, in stand-up. Like, will you do, oh, like, a... Oh, there is no, there like is no position simulated sex do. position on stage. I don't really do simulated sex. I mean, I do talk about bending over and closing my eyes and letting guys ha- have sex with me and pretending like it's a woman with a strap on. To which I just literally bend over. Close. And do you, per- like, do the no. pegging? How Mm-mm. far do you get into it? No, I just close, I do this. I close my eyes. You know, Sean, I just do this. Yeah, that's enough. Up, 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 and pretend like it's a lesbian with a strap on. Mm-hmm. I just do this. I don't think there's any motions needed. We're just talking about sex. So I just stick my butt out and I'm like, yeah, I just... Sometimes I'll bend a leg and just be like... Because sometimes that's how you feel. You just feel like it's in and out and you're just sitting there anyway. <laughs> Why do I need to do a motion? Half the time when I was having sex with guys, I was just sitting there. You know, but my oh, point you is... starfished it? No, 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 no. No, they wouldn't like me if I didn't. No, I would tell them to lay down and shut up. But um, <laughs> that's why they liked it. Next question. What profession would you like to see abolished? Oh, Jesus, these questions. So, For Christ's sake, I don't know. Just tomorrow, there's no more, what? Meter maids? President? Oh. What? Oh, so many. Not like we're killing people. We're just no more. That job doesn't exist. Yeah, let's get rid of the meter maids, actually. Okay. I'm over that crap. Yeah. No more parking tickets. No more parking. Yep. No, let's just have havoc in the streets. We can have parking, just no more meters or anything that... Yeah, like, can't no, we just have just it all be free parking? Get rid of the signs, yeah. That's what I want, free parking. I agree. I would totally... Free and clear. You could raise my taxes the 10% meter, if much. we just got rid of all that. I'm done with the meters. Yeah. I have had more tickets that have gotten me in trouble. I agree. Let's get rid of more it. More toes, more all that bullshit. Oh, it's boots, just, I've had it all. Yeah. It's no, it's so bad. Get rid I of agree. it. I agree, get rid you of know, it. I would never have thought of it. I'm so glad you brought it up because it's terrible. Okay. Describe your comedy in three emojis. Two girls holding hands. Okay. The fire emoji. Yes. The laughing emoji. Classic. Like what laughing? Like the tears streaming or the... The The tears streaming. Mm Mm-hmm. The one that you've laughed so hard that you cried. Right. And it's just water falls out of your your eyes. Yes. The gushing. Got it. Got it. And the fire is for passion and and my insanity. I mean, go to. That represents my passion and insanity okay Uh-oh. this is a non sequitur but uh moving on Uh-oh. talking about the human experience uh can you please make a fart sound oh no 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 come on everybody can do it you um, don't have to i mean not really no. out of your butt like just a mouth like no no see you can just do it i don't do it i don't do characters no. i don't do voices i don't do sounds no it's, i mean like I, I don't really refuse things but i mean it just it'll be boring it'll be like a kid i'll just be like there you go. That's right a there. boat, though, for a kid. That's a. I mean, I guess that's it's not really a fart. A, that's like no, it's a. It's a motorboat. Mm-hmm. I've had farts like that, All right. though. Well, I haven't, so that's good to know, though. Okay, what's the least progressive thing about you? <laughs> what is? 
I'm just kidding. I'm sure you the hate broccoli, or you. I mean, it could just be any. Like type I don't of, eat kale. Okay, there you go. I'm not <laughs> not progressive again of kale. Not into it. You're not going to sell me on it. I no. I'm tired of the Julia just fry it up and put yeah. some salt and pepper on it. Some kale. I'm on. tired of the what is it? The 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 superfoods. Yes. I don't care about your superfoods. Okay. I don't care that it's probably going to make me less depressed. Shots fired, man. Kale can suck it. Bye bye kale. It's too yucky. No. And it's too thick and like rough. Yeah. Like lettuce is like crunchy and delicious were and the blue cheese. Yeah, were we bored of what iceberg? What is happening? Were, were we what bored is happening that I'm eating romaine? a leaf? It feels like you're eating one of those like rhubarb leaf. There's like a mm-hmm. big, ch- like I feel like an animal right. eating that and crap. It doesn't even taste as sweet. See, now I'm going to get busted by all the animal rights activists for n- well, dissing kale. Well, all the kale activists. I mean, those are pretty oh, pretty large How many number. fake Facebook, how many secret Facebook groups do they have? Uh, probably at least five. Yeah, you know there's a lot of those. Yeah. Yeah. In the comedy community with. <laughs> Yeah. With fake lists. Right. Are you a kale apologist? If you if you are, yeah, tell they me need right to, now you know and what? unfriend I'm me. I'm surprised there's not a rape apologist group. I'm probably in that group. Right. I'm probably in that group. So this uh, is a nice lead into my last question. Uh, when was the last time you saw a boob in real life? Not your own. Well, I have a fiance, so, you know. So every day then? No, but I tend to, like, grab them. Like earlier today? Yep. Before she went to work. Hot. Just, yeah. Hot. Yeah. Hot. That'd be nice. I mean, it, it's it's a little, I'm always like, honey, are you sure this isn't bad? Like, I'll just open her shirt and blatantly look down. Mm-hmm. I'll just stare down. She's like, what are you doing? She's brushing her teeth and I'm just going like this. I mean, I don't know if that's a guy thing. Like, people are, so, it's so funny because, it's so dichotomous because people are like, God, you're so femme. And then they get to know me and they're like. Holy crap, you're so masculine. It's like a they right. don't expect, and that's the thing I think that catches people on stage, is you think I'm going to be one way when I get up there, and then I open my mouth, and it's a totally different situation. Well, on that note, guys, I feel like we can talk about this forever. Obviously, we probably shouldn't. So on that note, uh, let's just uh, throw out that social media, or where do you want people to? Oh, jeez. Follow you and never. I'm in a cabin in the woods. Yeah, I'm in a cabin in the woods. You can't find me anywhere. I blocked all my social medias. Clearly, I am a criminal. Just kidding. You guys can find me on Queer Comedian um, or Julia Pels, which is my newer account that was gonna be public. But we have a, a female stalker right now, so we're working on dealing with that legally awesome. this month. And then after we deal with that, that'll go public again. But, oh, boy. But you can request to be my friend, and you can DM me and say, I heard you on this podcast, I think you're funny. Or you can DM me and say, I don't like you, you're a man-loving lesbian, and you're a mean woman. You can DM me that, too. Um, I love everyone. I, I am always here to listen if anyone needs to talk to someone as well. And you can find, you know, Killer Unicorns, our show. You can like it. You can not like it. You can check out. There's tapes on there. You know, all kinds of fun stuff. So, you know, have a good time. And thank you for having me on your no, podcast. Thank this you. is one of my best, my most favorite podcasts. It's been a real treat. Thank you for coming on. A thin <laughs> slice of heaven. Thank you for putting up with me. No worries. I appreciate it. Guys, follow me on the liner notes. You know what to do with podcasts. Rate, subscribe, blah, blah, blah. You've been listening to... This comment.